Why is the car industry so emphatically, notoriously crap at customer care? These things are expensive, right? So in a sane universe, you would expect car makers to be better than average at looking after you. Why is it then that Darth Vader is so often in charge of after-sales support? Would they not sell more cars if they had Luke in charge? Even Chewbacca would be a bit of a step up. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Hit me up on the website. Well that I've had a real customer care month this month, like September 2020, <laughs> yes. That's been like, personally, as an ordinary consumer outside the automotive domain, as well as here in my day job, if that's what you call it. And this experience has been by friggin' polar, you know? Good and evil, yin and yang, the force and the dark side, the blonde and, of course, the redhead. And your experiences, which have informed me tremendously over this past decade or so that we've been, you know, getting together from time to time about which car makers to trust and which to avoid buying, well, they continue to tsunami the shit out of my inbox. Any reference to the redhead there is entirely inferential. That term, right, customer care, the operative word is care. To care. It's a verb, right? Care, verb, to feel concern or interest, to attach importance to something or someone, to look after or provide for the needs of someone or something. Just the latest casualty, isn't it? I mean, we see a whole lot of words getting literally inverted lately, don't we? It's a form of coercion by stealth, and it's so friggin' insidious. We live in a world where the expression, all lives matter, is perceived by some, in my view, as an inherently prejudicial expression. Go figure. Tip of the iceberg, really. You are invited to be a quote-unquote friend of the earth. I mean, Jesus, as if the earth is something you could actually be friends with. What are you going to do? Invite it over for dinner one day? There are dozens of examples like this. It's a case of warfare by soundbite. But I'd suggest that only the car industry could retrofit the term care to mean, in practice, not only not to give a shit about someone who spent a lot of money here, but also to take every opportunity to violate that person financially over subsequent years. I got an email from a dude named Jay Marola the other day. Mr. Marola owns a 2012 Mazda CX-9 with 109,000 kilometres on the clock, so slightly below average Ks. That vehicle developed what he calls a, quote, small transmission kickdown issue from fifth to fourth. So he drops it off at the dealership like it's due for a service anyway, and he picks it up at 5 p.m., whence he was told by the service staff that the transmission was completely shot and the car needed a new one at a cost of 
$18,000. They recommended not to drive it, but if I chose to, I would have to sign a waiver. I left it there. Ouch! Expecting a standard service and bit of a transmission tweak, but in fact, that'll be 18 grand. And if you want the car back, you must sign this document. Pro tip on that. It's your car. You can take it any time. Never be coerced into signing any document in order to collect your own personal property. If they try that on, sex and travel dude, if you know what I mean. Anyway, long story short here, they referred the matter to their lockdown Death Star leaders, which would be Mazda head office, Australia, who basically told them and me that there was no evidence of mechanical failure. So I had the dealer technician expert telling me the transmission was dead versus a keyboard warrior telling me there was no issue. What the? Nothing like getting your story straight, right? Nothing like it. So just before the bat pumpy came out in this exchange, after some slightly heated discussions, they took the car to an independent local transmission guy who changed the oil, reconfigured the transmission control unit and said she was good to go. This begs a dead set obvious question, right? What if he just reluctantly said, okay, and copped the 18 grand repair bill on the chin? Mr. Marola says, dealers are only interested in customers as cash cows. Their business model appears to be that a slight mechanical problem needs to be ripped out and completely replaced rather than repaired or serviced. Mazda does not service auto transmissions as part of routine servicing because it adds cost that consumers whinge about and they deem transmission oils as lifetime items, but a lifetime to a dealer is the warranty period. I will never buy another Mazda because the after-sales service is rubbish. In a parallel universe, of course, there is a parallel J Marola in a parallel CX-9, and his parallel Mazda dealer says, look, we need to investigate what's wrong with your transmission. There is a safety dimension to all of this, so here's the keys to a demonstrator CX-9. How about you take that home for a few days? I'd be quite interested to see what you think of that because there have been a number of enhancements over the past few years, and of course, I will give you a call when this is all sorted. And in that parallel universe of friggin' course, parallel Mr. Marola buys another brand new CX-9 later that week. He tells everyone he knows how awesome Mazda's after-sales support was and how amazing his new CX-9 is. He does not get up at 6.30 on a Saturday morning to vent to Darth Vader's automotive understudy about how shitly Mazda has treated him. I'm not sure that's a word, but it friggin' well should be. I get that dealerships are independent businesses, okay? I get that, but they fly the friggin' flag. And so to consumers, that distinction is moot. And it's disingenuous for car makers to claim this as evidence in mitigation. Oh, the dealer's a bastard. Well, you took his money and appointed him, dipshits. If you're a car maker and you've got a crap dealer, bone them. How hard is this?
And now, just to prove that lightning does strike twice, here's a dude named Ben Eisenberg. Not Heisenberg of uncertainty and Breaking Bad fame, but Eisenberg. But still, say my name. For Mr. Eisenberg's past life sins, he currently owns a Shitbox 2015 Audi Q7. So, he must have been a bit of a bastard, just saying. And because the mighty Q7 is in fact a nasty, cynically trumped up Volkswagen Touareg, the brakes have started to squeal in reverse. Yes, how friggin' premium. Just like an AMG Mercedes going forwards in traffic. Good times. When this deliverance-inspired Q7 brake audio process began, Mr. Say My Name darkened the dealer's door, of course, and they wanted 220 bucks just to diagnose the problem. Like, they'd never heard of the acceptable quality consumer guarantee because, hey, it's only been legislated for a decade or so. Hashtag didn't get the memo. And then they allegedly tell him this is a normal operational characteristic of this allegedly premium four-ringed shit heap. I'm actually pretty sure it's not, but that's what they say. So, the brake pads are fine, and Mr. Eisenberg discovers a bunch of lawsuits over this issue in Retardistan. Apparently, there is even a reverse-engineered fix called, somewhat uncreatively, an anti-squeal brake clip. And apparently, Audi Schittsville is completely flying blind on all of these issues of friggin' course. I know nothing. Nothing. As it turns out, Audi Schittsville dealers are even quite happy to sell Mr. Say My Name the clips for 120 to 150 bucks each, depending on the dealer, and he needs two clips, obviously, because two calipers are squealing. Plus 220 bucks an hour to fit them because assholes. Happily, because of the interconnected web world, there's a retardistani Audi dealer in Henderson, just outside of Las Vegas, who sold Mr. Eisenberg the clips for $19.48 American for the pair, so less than 10 bucks each. Yes, plus about the same amount to ship them here to the arse end of the planet. So that's less than 60 bucks Schittsvillian, all up, and Frankly, a politician could fit these clips. So there's that. Less than 60 versus 680 big ones for the Australian asshole Audi dealer solution, which would be 220 bucks to diagnose the problem, 240 bucks for the clips themselves, and 220 bucks for installation. And still, Perhaps you might wonder why I refer to this joint as Shitville. Political parties in other nations can run with a straight face with make whatever great again as their slogan. But pragmatically, I think all we can offer without outright suspension of disbelief is to make Australia less shit. And I say this with a heavy heart as your next prime mincer. There's even a TSB technical service bulletin from Audi America about how to deal with this squealy brake problem, which Audi Schittsville still claims to know 
F all about. SFA about that. Finger on the pulse, chaps. When in fact, of course, what they should be doing is retrofitting their shitty 50 cent brake clips for free as part of their ongoing consumer law compliance, not to mention their apparently non-existent commitment to making their customers feel somewhat special, mainly because they bought a premium product. And hey, they really do deserve that. Despite all of this, here in Shitsville, some companies actually managed to get this right. Customer care. Rode Microphones manages to get this right. They are a great Australian company and they manufacture their microphones here. You're hearing me talking to you via a Rode NTG4 Plus, which is a great mic. And I've got a ton of Rode Microphones, probably 12 or 15. And some people would consider this a sickness, but hey, not me. Anyway, one of my three Rode Wireless Go transmitters crapped out unexpectedly recently, so I kind of reached out to Rode and I'm just a customer here, okay? My full tilt antichrist status exists only within the narrow bandwidth of the automotive domain. But Rode is great. Like, they go, send it in, here's a case number. We're on it. Like, what more could I ask for? And a week later, they send me a brand new one. Absolutely no questions asked, no diagnosis fee. So, do I tell everyone who wants to listen how great my Rode microphone experience was? Shit, yeah. Budding YouTuber wants, you know, vlog rig advice or something, and I go, get a Rode Video Micro and a Rode Wireless Grow, grow and go. Rode Wireless Go, get it right, because they're awesome, dude. You've probably seen this thing here too, right? And you've been scratching your head, perhaps it's a mace, which is an uncommon sort of thing in the modern world. <laughs> I think you'd agree. This one is called a quad mace because it's got, hey, four faces, they're all the same. It's by a company called Onnit. They're a workout company which legend podcaster Joe Rogan owns a chunk of, coincidentally. They call that a quad mace, and a mace is, of course, a rotational crossbody stabilisation and core strength conditioning tool from hell. <laughs> this one weighs 25 pounds, okay, which is 11 and a bit kilos or something. 25 pounds is absolutely not that much weight in the context of working out until you put it on the end of a three-foot friggin' stick. And then it'll threaten to rip you off your feet any time you get everything wrong, which is always nice. Like all exercise tools, of course, it's designed primarily to crush your soul and exhaust your will to live, leaving you crushed and weak and pathetic. And its purpose is so that you can have another crack tomorrow and feel, perhaps, slightly less pathetic then. If you try really, really hard, maybe. And I say that like it's a bad thing, but hey, you've got to understand that if you are exercising and enjoying it, I'd suggest you're doing it wrong. So, I buy this one here from Onnit in America, and FedEx ships it to me. And it gets to Sydney like super quick. <laughs> like, what pandemic? 
And then FedEx's incompetent spawn of the devil, TNT, mismanages getting at the last 50 k's to me. Like from the airport to me is harder than all the way around the friggin' world. Like it gets 12,000 kilometers, no problem. Sails through customs and then TNT just botches the last 50 k's, which takes longer than the first 12,000 and they have to have two friggin' cracks at it and bonus points, they break it. So thanks a lot. TNT, a robustly packaged exercise tool derived from an ancient Persian infantry weapon, which on its claims is perfectly balanced and has been durability tested to withstand 100,000 swings without any sign of wear or stress. Be that as it may, of course, clearly unable to withstand one swing through the FedEx TNT shipping apparatus, apparently. So well done there, TNT. <laughs> Hashtag Straya. Breaking it must have been quite difficult now that I think about it. I even searched for Onnit Quad Mace Handle Replacement on YouTube and Google. Nothing. Okay, could be a first. Perhaps I am the virgin on this. I do hope so. And I have to say, FedEx TNT's customer care has been just as emphatically shit as Mazda's or Audi in the previous examples. They apparently just don't want to know. Perhaps they're going to send me a bill. Perhaps breaking your shit is extra with TNT. We'll have to wait and see on all of that. I will let you know. So... I email on it and I let them know about the shipping so that hopefully they will change carriers. And I ask for a little bit of technical support about getting this brass cap off on top here, because I can't tell if it's pressed on or if it's glued on. And also any technical support about replacing the handle because I did attempt to glue it all up with epoxy, but I'm not all that hopeful of long-term success. And I don't want to hit the dog when the handle breaks. A really nice lady on the Onnit customer care team named Kaylee emails me back after I email them with my bleat about TNT's crap shipping and how do I fix it. And she says they're really disappointed that this has happened to me and they'll be sending me a brand new one for free. And again, like I'm just a normal nobody half the world away. I don't report on exercise equipment. Cars is my thing, you might have noticed. And I am flat out humbled by all of this, mainly because breaking it was clearly not on its problem. They didn't break it, they packaged it and sent it to me. It broke en route. Therefore, am I an Onnit de facto goodwill ambassador henceforth? Do I tell everyone who will listen? Am I telling you now? Shit yeah. Do I think car makers like Mazda, Audi, Land Rover, Jeep, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Jaguar and Volvo, among others, could learn a few lessons from all of this? Yes, I do, emphatically. There is even a return on investment, a healthy one, for getting this stuff right. You are fixing people's problems, and if you've got an ethical compass, then hey, that's a great thing to do. But you are also spawning a whole fleet of unpaid, impartial ambassadors for your brand. Every frown that you turn upside down is a new brand ambassador. It's not even that hard to do when you think about it.
So what a great pity. Many car makers in Australia and elsewhere around the world still appear to think it's okay to burn their customers by acting like FedEx or TNT. 